This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Finding the right person for the job isn't easy. Just ask someone who hired a drama coach to be an IT guy. Yeah, I'm having trouble logging in. I'm not buying it. Say it again. This time with feeling. I can't log in? Come on, man. I want to feel your struggle. But if you've got an insurance question, you can always count on your local GEICO agent. They can bundle your policies, which could save you hundreds. Now, like your life depends on it. I can't log in. Yes, we'll make an actor out of you yet. For expert help with all your insurance needs, visit geico.com slash local today. Listen to the West Amway podcast with Dave and X. Oi, oi. Hello and welcome to the West Ham Way podcast with myself, Dave Walker, an XWHU employee. Tonight we reflect on a gut-wrenching defeat to Man United, a heartbreaking penalty miss from Mark Noble and the importance of the Cup on Wednesday and Leeds on Saturday. We also discuss a brilliant performance in Zagreb, a cracking pre-match event with Mad Dog and Dev and select patrons at random to win prizes for our September giveaway. As always, X will give his weekly news roundup before we end the show with questions from patrons of the West Ham Way. That's all coming up on tonight's show. X, we have to start with the penalty. A massive moment in the game. Moisey brings on Noble to take it. What did you think of that decision? It's really difficult one because at the time, um, obviously I was at the game and you're getting involved, you know, you know, the passion of the moment, the tenseness of it. And you see that Noble's coming on and my instant feeling at that moment was, yeah, okay, I understand that's your penalty. It's because when Declan was stepping up, I was like, oh gosh, he missed his last one. I'm a bit worried about it. And then obviously when Noble comes on, you think, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, get him on. And then... And he takes it. And obviously, he missed it. So it's completely with the benefit of hindsight. But the more I've sort of thought about it since I've been home and stuff, I've kind of thought to myself that maybe it wasn't the best decision because, you know, I know it's like I say, it's easier said to say this than when I know the outcome of it. But we should have learned 
happened with England in the World Cup. You know, they did exactly the same thing and the two of them missed the penalties. And I think it's so hard for a player to come on and take a penalty um, when they've not touched the game. And that's not touched the ball, sorry, I've been in the game. And I think sometimes it's really difficult to um, sort of get yourself into the right mindset almost, even though Noble's as experienced as he is. And I think looking back, and I, I know I'm saying this, like I said, the benefit of hindsight, I think it would have been better just to let Declan take it. And then and then if he missed, then obviously he missed. And you can kind of think, right, you know, it wasn't to be. But with this, it kind of just doesn't quite feel right. Yeah. Yeah, I can understand what you're saying. And I think I agree. I think I do. Because I'm trying to answer this without the benefit of hindsight because yeah. the benefit of hindsight gives you your answer, doesn't it? Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. I can understand why he did it. Yeah, me um, too. But with hindsight, I mean, like you say, Nobs wasn't warmed up. He wasn't ready. And there was a lot of pressure on him. He didn't look like he was under pressure. He didn't look uncomfortable. But it wasn't a great penalty either, was it? If you look at it, the height was perfect for the keeper. It's a good save. It wasn't a terrible penalty, but it weren't a great one. Um, I... I I don't know. Um, not a great disguise in it either. I, I did feel for him. Um, but it makes me wonder, you know, with Deck, he seems to be the designated penalty taker at West Ham, doesn't he? I mean, he missed and then it was taken away from him. And I assume that the penalties are Deck's now moving forward. I, I don't know. I mean, how good is he at penalties in training? Do you know? Um, well, I've heard he's decent. I mean, I, you know, I was the one that broke that he was going to take penalties for yeah. us um, when, yeah. he, when he first did. And and that was because I'd heard from, you know, various sources that in the training ground, when they do penalty competitions and stuff, he is he is one of the best penalty takers. Um, and he's got a much better strike on him than he's... Sort of goals Taddy really suggests. Um, so he has been the penalty taker for, uh, like, the designated penalty taker for a while. Um, it's just... It's like when you've missed your last one, is I guess that's always in the back of people's minds. But the thing is, is that De Gea's got a terrible penalty record as well. Um, and I would have fancied Declan to have scored that. And it's just a difficult one because we have got the benefit as hindsight. Like I said at the time, I didn't question to the people around me why why that was happening when Noble came on. But when you think about it, he wouldn't have even warmed up. Like Unlike the England boys in the Euros who as the clock was ticking, would have known that there was penalties coming in, say, five minutes, four minutes or whatever. In this game, he wouldn't have known because it's an instant thing, isn't it? And there's no rule that it's going to penalties. As such as a handball, there's your penalty. So he probably hadn't even warmed up. So he literally... Playing devil's advocate, though, X, do you need Mm. to warm up for a penalty? I think it's more psychologically than physically, you know, physically. This is why, like the goalkeepers, for example, they always try and knock the ball back to the keeper within the first minute or so because they want him to have a touch of the ball. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of like the same thing. And I think psychologically it does matter because, you know, like not that the balls vary that much because obviously they need to be a certain pressure and it's the same ball each week because you've got a license with them. But I, I'm pretty sure that you know, even when I used to play power league and stuff, the balls, although they were meant to be the same, did vary in like hardness and things like that. And I think when you, when you've came on, and I know it's probably not that variant in the Premier League because there has to be a certain level, but I just think when you haven't actually touched the ball yet and you're coming in, you're even your psychology is not in the game. He was 
on the bench thinking, oh, you know, probably West Ham have lost or whatever. And then all of a sudden he's on the pitch taking the winning penalty. Mm. You almost have to warm yourself up mentally as well as physically. And, and like, it's a, like I say, it's a difficult one because mm. I think when Moyes made the decision, everyone could understand why he'd done it. I mean, some, a few of my mates have messaged me and said, what are we playing at? There's no time for sentiment. I don't think it was for sentiment. I don't no, think they put Noble no. on just because they thought, you know, let's get the, the old boy in his last season and have a goal. They brought him on because they thought he was the best person to take the penalty to score it. Mm. Um, and so, you know, it's, it is tricky to, knowing the outcome. But I, I think the more I reflect on it, the more I think generally, not just with West Ham, but as a rule in football, it's like, you know, in in, in, F, in, in NFL, I know you don't like NFL, but there's a point to this. They actually have very special teams. So when you have kicks, like penalty conversions, they have one guy whose job is literally to kick the ball through the, through the post. He doesn't do anything else. He has no other role in the team. Ovens come on and be a kicker. That's why I don't know if you remember Clive Allen was the was the kicker for the London Broncos when they, <laughs> yeah, used, yeah. they used to exist because literally all he had to do is come on and kick the ball. He didn't even have to touch it with his hand like you the traditional American football. So in some sports, I think it works, but in in football where they like you know you have to get into the momentum of the game and you you know that sort of thing I think maybe it shouldn't be done now when I look when I reflect upon what's happened with England and West Ham maybe you just got to keep faith with the penalty takers that are on on the pitch and let's be honest yes I know it's you know you shouldn't think like this but Noble isn't going to be there next year so we're going to have to stop being reliant on his penalty taking sooner or later. So, the, you know, it's, it's, it is with hindsight, but I do think perhaps it probably wasn't the right decision. And I think Moises kind of came out and said that now. I think you're right. I do think you're right. Um, but it is a tough one because if no scores it, then Moises is a genius, isn't he? Exactly, mate. That's the thing. This is why it's hard to really cast opinion on it because had he done it, I'd have been like, great move. That takes guts and stuff. So, mm. you know, it's, it's a tricky one. But I think, as I say, last two times now in games that have really mattered to me where it's been done, both have failed. So I'm kind of thinking that maybe it's not a good idea, particularly yeah. as like, you know, in the Euros, I can't remember who it was. It was San- Sancho and Rashford, wasn't it? I think it was brought on. Um, and... Um, you know, they were young lads, so you could maybe excuse it to sort of inexperience perhaps, but this is your sort of, you know, the complete opposite, Mr. Experience, Mr. Penalty Taker, and, it, and he's missed as well. And I know he's missed penalties before in his career at West Ham, but not many. So it doesn't, it does seem a bit of a coincidence that with those circumstances, he has missed it. Mm. Well, let's talk about the game. What did you think of the performance? I thought we played well. I thought it was a good game. I thought we more than matched them. I think a draw would have been a fair result. Um, you know, Man United did look dangerous at times. Ronaldo, you know, any team that's got him in it is going to be dangerous. Um, and I thought, but I thought we created chances as well. Uh, so I think a draw would have been a fair result, definitely. And it's a shame that we couldn't, couldn't take it. Yeah. I mean, we have to remember that Man United are a quality side. I mean, oh, I, think, definitely. I think they're going to be title contenders. I would say so. I would say them and them and Chelsea are looking the best team. Maybe maybe Liverpool at the moment. But yeah, them and mm. Chelsea are the two for me that are standing out at the moment. Yeah. And so they should do. I mean, they've spent hundreds of millions yeah. of pounds on players. Yeah. And actually, I thought we dealt with them well. Yes, um, I agree. I thought we were Zuma. unlucky. Today. 
Zuma yeah, was brilliant. superb. Honestly, brilliant. I thought that was such a good performance today from him, and it and it really excites me how well he played. You know, yes. tw- twenty six years of age, French international, Champions League and league winner. I thought he settled in really well. I've asked around a little bit to see what the new guys are like, and he's. I mean, they're all of them seem to be quite popular. But he's the one that everyone say, "Oh, what a lad! He's so funny. Yeah, he's a top bloke." So I think he's got the the right personality for the team. But I just thought he was brilliant. I thought he was everywhere in the air, uh, intercepting, strong. You know, bearing in mind he was playing against Ronaldo. Yeah. You know, I, th- I thought it, I thought he was brilliant. Yeah. And do you know what? As well, how nice is it to sign a player from a big club? that isn't in the twilight years of his career. Mm, that, exactly. that is just is just using West Ham as a retirement home, like we've seen so many times. I mean, yeah. he's 26 years old. Yeah. Um, it's so exciting to have a player like him at West Ham with, with mm. the pedigree that he's got. And you look at him today, and I, I just thought he was outstanding. He was my man of the match, actually. So yeah. I thought he was brilliant. Me That's too. Brilliant. I, I've actually got rounds doing the man of the match on the Patreon. So we've pretty much gone straight from the game to this. But um, mm. I would be very, very surprised if he doesn't win it when I get that power. Yeah. Same. But I'll tell you what, though, X, on a side note, it drives me fucking mad how every time West Ham get the better of a team, which we did in periods of that game, the pundits always suggest it's because the opposition are underperforming. Yeah. It, it, it happened again today. I mean, someone said we were benefiting from a sloppy start by United. No, we were benefiting from playing excellent football. And mm. at one point, that soppy cunt Alan Smith, I fucking does my head in listening to him. He's such a droney prick. I don't know why they have him <laughs> on there. I fucking hate him. He's one boring cunt, that geezer, honestly. Do you know um, what? He follows me on Twitter. I was going to ask well, him to come on the podcast. Well, I'll tell you what. DM <laughs> him and tell him he's a cunt because he's <laughs> such a fucking knobhead, honestly. Uh, and he seems to have some sort of issue with West Ham. I mean, even he said um, when it was one all, uh, this will be two points dropped by Man United, considering we played in the first in a missing Antonio. But you know, maybe I've got my head in the clouds. But I think any team that leaves the London Stadium with a point has had a decent result because we are in such good form. I know we've slipped a bit to eighth now, but this is our first defeat all season, and it's to Man United in a close game. You know, I I just don't know what what this constant agenda is against West Ham all the time. It makes me so angry. It's because it's because I think it boils down to, if I'm honest with you, it boils down to the fact that, you know, we play Manchester United, arguably the biggest club in the world. And so the majority of the people listening to the sky or um, the radio or reading the newspapers are going to be Manchester United fans so they almost have to put the focus on Manchester United because that's what the audience is so if Manchester United are playing well then Manchester United are playing well if Manchester United are playing badly or the Manchester United are playing badly it's never they never would give any sort of comp, like comment to the opposition so it's basically if Man United are winning they're doing well if they're losing they're not doing well because they don't want to comment about the opposition purely because of the amount of supporters that are, are listening and and that's sad because really a football program, um, whatever the teams are that are playing, should be um, unbiased and should be based mm. upon what's actually going on in front of them, their, their very eyes. But I think it's like it's like the same when you get the big club bias with referees. It's almost like 
you know, they tried to appeal to the larger audience, which is the bigger team, which was Manchester United in this case. Yeah, yeah, it's irritating though, isn't it? Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, I I don't tend to watch the build-up to, to Sky or BT matches anymore, even if it is West Ham, because with young kids and stuff, usually I'm either at the game like I was today, mm. or um, if it's an evening away game, for example, maybe I'm trying to put the kids to bed at that time, so I literally, literally chuck them under the covers at like eight o'clock or whatever. So I don't tend to tend to see it, um, but. Oh, I know, but the, that's not. I could see it. I just don't think I'm losing anything because that's all they do. Talk about the big clubs over and over again. You know, mm-hmm. since Ronaldo's joined Manchester oh, United, like the, heard, it? exactly, he's basically like Ronaldo FC, which I mean, Ronaldo mm-hmm. FC is bigger than half the clubs in the football league or half mm-hmm. the clubs in the Premier League, even. Yeah, yeah. So, well, talking of Ronaldo, when I saw the replay of his goal. I thought 100% he's offside. And then you told me why he wasn't. So just in case anyone out there is as clueless as me, do you want to explain the rules for their benefit? Well, I haven't actually seen the replay. So at the the game, I I said to my dad, that's offside. And then obviously when it went to VAR, I was like, I'm sure that's offside. And then I did, then at the game, you don't see the decision, do you? So it was given as a goal. So I thought, oh, maybe I called it wrong. And then when I went... um, Went part like went to your house briefly after the game to collect my stuff from the event. Um, we were talking about it, and you said that actually his hand was offside. Mm. And then, I, then when thinking about it, I said to you, well, "You can't score from your hand." And um, obviously, that'd be a handball. And I think, and I, and I stand to be corrected. I know we have a couple of referees that listen to this show, but I think you can only be offside if it's a part of your anatomy, i.e., everything but your hand that you um that you um, can score with. Yeah. Right. Okay. I didn't know that. Is that a new rule, do you know? Is it always been? I think it's a new rule that, you know, it's been introduced within, well, since VAR has been around, really. It's like, you know, so many times you, you watch, um, well, certainly last year when we were in lockdown, there wasn't much else to do than you see VAR controversies. It was often that that was discussed, I think. Right. Okay. Okay. Um, I mean, in terms of decisions, I would say that I thought we should have had a penalty when Suchek got taken down. Um, mm. I, amazingly, it went the other way. I, I couldn't mm. understand that one either. But but to be fair, I thought Ronaldo should have got one too with Zuma's challenge when he took it, him down. It's really hard for me to comment on them because obviously I was at the game and I haven't seen a replay, but mm. I know I remember the incident you're talking about in both occasions. And I remember thinking it was a penalty for us, definitely, when Suchet went. And I remember thinking, because there was two with Ronaldo, wasn't there in the first half? And I remember certainly mm. thinking it might have been the second one. I remember thinking... Well, the first that, one was a dive. The yeah. second one, that's a penalty for oh, me. There you go. Well, that's what I remember thinking at the game as well, but I haven't mm. seen a replay. But if you're saying that, then then maybe that's the case then. Mm. And I think, you know, it was a good performance because Ronaldo is something else, like the way yeah. the way he runs at the ball and his movement and stuff. Like when you're, when you're at the game, you can really, really appreciate his movement like he he drops off like when the ball's getting close to being put in a box he drops off a bit and then just accelerates almost at maximum speed into the box yeah. which is why he can get the leap that he can get when you see those pictures of him like you know ju- out like jumping much higher than everyone else for headers and stuff um because he's just so 
He's just so quick and so um, well good at positioning. I mean, I haven't seen a replay of the goal. But I thought Fabianski did well to actually save the initial. I thought he had a great game, Fabianski, by the way. I think it was one of his better ones. And the funny thing is that I, I obviously have been reasonably critical of Fabianski in this incident. I think he played quite well. But I've looked on Twitter and I haven't decided to comment on anything because I knew we were doing the podcast today but I've seen Fabianski getting a lot of hate today oh. and I, I I don't know and I would have actually said it was one of his better games today so I thought he made some great saves Fabianski. yeah yeah so the one-on-one with Ronaldo sticks out as yeah. being a very and, good and save. when he, he pushed it onto the post as well that was a good save oh did he actually save yeah that? he got fingertips today oh, see I thought it was straight onto the post well there you go then yeah see it's um yeah well, I think I, he did I had a few rum and cokes at the time I'm pretty <laughs> sure he did but you, you I was at the game so you had the benefit of the replay yeah, so i'm gonna yeah. go that you you are calling that right but um yeah, yeah i am um, i yeah i thought he played all right today i mean I thought, like i said i thought zuma was exceptional i thought mm. Declan rice played well again mm-hmm. i thought um the midfield uh three particularly uh ben rama and uh for now's work very hard and i thought bowen played well up front as well which mm. has the best performance but he certainly showed that he could play there and he worked hard and you know when you look at Manchester United's team I think this is the best Manchester United team that I can remember for a long while now when you look at it on paper and you look at the fact that on their subs bench you know they had the likes of Lingard um Sancho you know Massa was on there I think you know Cavani's going to be on there Rashford when he's fit you know the team is just one of the better ones that they've had so the fact that we pushed them so well it was only like a the last minute typical goal from Lingard. I mean, it's just, you know, that's just West Ham written in the stars, isn't you it? You could have put your house on that, couldn't you? Oh, a million times. When he cut in, like where he cut in was mm. kind of like diagonal from where I sit and he just knew it, where it was going and stuff. And it was just, it's just a West Ham script. There's certain things that just seem so West Ham-y and that is, <laughs> that was, that was obviously going to happen. And, um, yeah, and I, and I thought we, I thought we played well. A draw, in my opinion, would have been a fair result. Yeah. And um, yeah, so we we mustn't lose heart. You know, we have got Leeds next week. Leeds are a bit hit and miss this season. Um, I think we've got to go into the Leeds game looking to win, but certainly not losing. Mm. Would you rather have lost today and win on Wednesday, or won today and lose on Wednesday? a good question that I thought that when I was walking out of the ground actually because I thought well if we beat them on Wednesday then what would I rather like like what you've just asked it's a tricky one really because the League Cup is pretty much the like not worthless because obviously I would definitely take us winning it but out of all the four things we're in it's the least significant Mm. and you know if you think the FA Cup's lost its value well the League Cup therefore is even less valuable um <clears throat> but then, uh, then it's three points, three points in the league where, you know, it's over a whole season. It's not a knockout. It's it's hard. You can argue either way, really. If if West Ham are going to get to a semi-final or above, then I would say I'd rather we won in the League Cup. But if we're just going to go out next round after this, then I'd rather the three points. It's hypothetical, I know. But, um, mm. yeah, I think if you had to ask me to make a decision and I could control it, 
I think I would take the cup. And I know that's going to sound really strange because obviously yeah, the league is the, the most important thing you're competing in. But it's a one-off against Manchester United and losing to Manchester United in the league isn't the end of the world because you can, as long as you beat all the other teams that you should beat, then you're going to have a good season. Whereas obviously if you knocked out the cup, you can't play again until next season. So yeah, I think I would slightly, and it's only slightly, err on the side of the cup win. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I would. Because I think to sacrifice one game, and you know, don't get me wrong, you, you can't take those three points for granted as such, because those three points would have made a massive difference to us last season, wouldn't they? Yeah. Um, but I, I think to progress in the cup on the back of just one defeat in the league, I think I would have, I think I'd have taken that. And hopefully we will. I mean, I don't know what sort of side we're going to field on Wednesday, but I'm pretty sure we're going to see a number of kids uh, from Man United. So I think, yeah. I think we've got half a chance there, you know? Yeah, I would guess it's going to be quite changed. I mean, I'd, I think you'll see Ariola. I'd imagine you'll see Diop and Dawson as they were the ones that didn't play. Probably Fredericks, Mazuaku play, Crow Noble, Lanzini, Yarmolenko. Uh, Probably that sort of level, I would say. Maybe Ben Johnson might be in there as well. Mm. That sort of that sort of level. Yeah. Well, as happy as I am with West Ham at the moment, and I really am. I think I said it on Twitter earlier. There's such a a buzz about West Ham at the moment. There really is. Up until today, we were unbeaten all season. You know, European tour, and I don't know. Everyone seems to be enjoying themselves with West Ham. They're entertaining to watch. Got a great gaffer, a great group of lads, and and I feel really good about us. I really do. That said. That said, we have only got one point from a possible six. Because of this, how important is a result against Leeds? Um, still early days, isn't it? You know, we've only, like you said, we've only lost one game. Um, I think a draw um, is. I wouldn't. I'd be disappointed with a defeat if we got a draw at Ellen Road again. I would take a draw at Ellen Road, mm-hmm. um, but I, I think. You know, we've got that. Then we've got Brentford the next week. If we can beat Brentford and draw at Leeds, then that's a good couple of results, I'd say. Yeah, yeah. I'll tell you what, though, Brentford have proven to be no mugs, haven't they? Yeah, I really, really like uh, Brentford. I mean, obviously, they're London teams. It's hard to like them too much, but their recruitment over the last five years or so has been sensational. And I really like Tony, the forward. Yeah. I think yeah. I mean, he would be a great signing for us. I think he's exactly what we what we need. And believe it or not, we actually had the chance to sign him, I think, when he was at Peterborough. I think he played for them before Brent, Brentford and we turned them down. So that's annoying looking back on it. Um, but I think he would be a good signing. And I like, I like their recruitment policy. I think they are going to maybe have a dip at some point, I think with teams like Brentford, they haven't played in the top flight or the Premier League before. So those first few fixtures, they always are able to raise their standard a little bit. I reckon they'll be fine for the next two, three weeks. I'm typically with West Ham in that period, but mm. then are but then after that, I reckon you'll see a decline, and then they will still be in a relegation battle by the end of the season. I would say. Do you think so? I would say so. I mean, it, the, it's difficult to say. I think Norwich are going to be there, obviously. Probably all the promoted clubs, Norwich, Watford, Brentford. Then you've got the likes of maybe Newcastle, Burnley, possibly. Brighton seems to be doing all right this season. Mm. But, Wolves you know, could struggle, I think. Yeah, Wolves have been a bit ropey recently. So I think they could be in a bit of a battle. I don't see them sort of doing a, you know, a Sheffield United or whatever and finishing sixth or whatever it was. I think they'll, I think they'll, 
being a relegation battle, yeah. Mm. Well, let's not forget that before Man United, it was our grip. And yeah. what a superb win that was, mate. Mate, very, very professional performance, mm. that. Very mm. professional. I really liked that performance because, you know, it wasn't the most exciting, but it was just such a job well done. Such a job well done. It's so, so solid, um, so in control, so professional. And, you know, there was players in that game that which is what Moyes has done really well to keep them as sort of hungry as they were. But like I thought Fredericks came in and had a very good game. You know, Lanzini was a bit, you know, he could have been sent off, but it was good to see that he was fighting that hard when he was playing. Um, and I think, you know, the team just played really, really well. I thought Europe was good as well. Mm. You know, it was, a, it was a very, very solid performance. Now, if West Ham have won that, which they have obviously lost against Manchester United and win on Wednesday, I would say that is a great series of results. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it was so dominant, wasn't it? Professional, yeah. classy, entertaining. Like you say, not, not thrilling to watch, but entertaining in the sense that we, we were just a joy in terms of our organisation, the way we structured it. We, we obviously had a game plan and the, the, the players played to that plan. And I, I, I loved it. And, and do you know what? Honestly, seeing the players walk out into that competition gave me goosebumps. I don't know about you. I was so proud. Yeah, me too. And what was nice about it is like, you know, like in many a year gone by where you'd put on, you know, the European Games, Champions League, Cup Winners Cup, UEFA Cup back in the day and now obviously Europa League and Champions League and so on. Um, you'd watch a game and you'd see like a classy, you know, Italian, German, Spanish team away from home in somewhere like Croatia and they'd be winning 2-0 and you'd think, oh, they, you know, they look such a good team, you know, that's how to do it that's a professional team that's the difference between West Ham and you know whoever but we look like that team on Thursday mm, yeah we did and I feel we that's did. a massive progress from a, a team that looked completely dysfunctional and disorganised for yeah. large periods before Moyes came in so to then look like a professional organisation in Europe he, he can only take huge credit for that yeah uh, it's incredible how far we've come really isn't it since Moyes has come in Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, he's done so much. I mean, what summed it up for me, I think, was when um, the interview pre-Manchester United, when the um, reporter said to him, so like, it's never a great time to play Manchester United. And he said, well, I don't think it's a good time to play West Ham either. Yeah, and yeah. I, think, I think that's a real sort of shift in mentality now that we actually consider ourselves up there with the likes of Manchester United now in terms of our stature in this league. Yeah, definitely. Oh, yeah, I love that. It's like, fucking go on, Fanta Pugs, you're Fucking, I love that. That's brilliant. <laughs> exactly. exactly. It's a. It's. It just shows you know that like he wants us to be competing with those teams, mm. you know, and that's mm. and that's exactly what we should be doing because. You know, once we moved to that stadium, that was the promise. That was the that was the the reason to move to be competing with these teams now. So we shouldn't be saying, you know, oh, is there a good time to play Manchester United or whatever? We should we shouldn't be focusing on that. We should be focusing on us being a different, a difficult opposition, not the opposition being difficult. Yeah. Well, do you know what? X. It's how many times have I said this, and how many times has it been lacking that we now have? It's a winning mentality. Yeah, 100%. That's, that's, that's the difference. It's a winning mentality. And I said to one of the patrons earlier on, you know, it's funny. You know, I think we all laughed when he came in. He said, you know, win, that's what I do. I win. But that's exactly what he does. 
It's exactly yeah. what he does. It's exactly what he's been doing. And exactly. he's inst- instilling that winning mentality into the players. It's been something that's been lacking for so long. And we have that now. And it's an yeah. absolute joy. It makes all the difference, you know, the yeah, confidence definitely. those boys have, mm. um, regardless of who they play. It's just a breath of fresh air, really. And mm. uh, yeah, it's a good time to be a West Ham fan at the moment. It really is. Oh, yeah, definitely. And I just think not just with him on the uh, at the helm, but I think all the players just seem like good lads. And and what yeah. I noticed about the end of the at the end of the game, now I tried to shoot off quite quickly because I knew we were doing this. I need to go by your house and stuff. So literally, as soon as the whistle went, sort of left my seat and tried to leave. Um, and, but as I was walking out, I noticed that half the players were like, you know, heads in their hands, shirt over their heads. You know, they were genuinely gutted that mm. they um that they'd come away with a, a narrow loss. And I know, obviously, it's the circumstance of missing the penalty in the last minute and stuff. But also, uh, they seem to do that after any game that we don't that we don't win. And it's really good to see that not winning a game of football for West Ham means that much to our group of players. Because in the past, you know, we'd lose narrowly to Manchester United like that and the players would be buzzing and they'd be going around trying to swap shirts and, you know, congratulating each other. Whereas now they're they're actually devastated that they didn't win. Mm, Spot on, mate. You're absolutely right. Absolutely right. Well, before the game today, it was the pre-match event and what a quality event it was. Oh, brilliant, mate. I mean, you know, it's always tricky when you've got um, well, what we did today where we had to replace Wardy with Martin. And obviously, Martin never hosted the event. The only other person to have hosted one of our events have someone come in and um, do that off the cuff, really, is was a challenge. But Martin being Martin is the is very good at that, very entertaining. And and what I really like about him, and obviously since we've done the, the podcast with him, is that he does take it very, very seriously. Like, you know, he called me up a couple of times beforehand to talk it through, spoke to me about it at the event, and then called me afterwards to discuss whether, you know, I was happy with what he'd done and that. And it's nice that he cares that much about giving a good service and, and I thought, you know, fair play to him. See, Devonsh is a West Ham legend, so it's always great to have him in company. And, and what's nice, and it links in with our patron as well, but but also the events. And they don't always cross over because I know, because obviously I'm in charge of the tickets, so I know that who's patron and who's not. It's about getting about 50-50 probably now at the events, but everyone at the events is a, is a quality person and, yeah. you know, so respectful. You know, they're not out there to stitch people up or, you know, they could put, take photos of me, for example, and touch wood. No one's ever done that and, you know, stuck it on the internet or whatever and because people respect my privacy and, you know, they're always very respectful when they come and talk to, to me, use the players. And, yeah, it's just a really nice atmosphere and it's great to, to have those back. I, I spoke to a couple of people at the door who this was their first event because they hadn't made the Palace one since lockdown and they were just saying that they're just buzzing to have some form of normality back. Yeah, I was totally. And that is the word, and it? it's normality. And it's something that you take for granted when mm. you actually have it. And when you don't have it, you really miss it. Mm. And uh, I mean, I, we met so many patrons today, didn't we? Um, and, non, and non-patrons. And it's just so good. I mean, like you're saying, you're absolutely right. There's so many good people that come and it just creates such a, a good atmosphere. And we, we've, we've replicated that community spirit on Patreon as well. And I was mm. saying this to someone earlier on. The beauty of Patreon is we can cut out the shit 
that you get on Twitter, all the twats, you know, and, and actually just filter down to what is a real solid community. And we get a fraction of that at the events. And uh, it's, it's just brilliant, mate. But yeah, Martin was brilliant. Dev was fantastic. And like I say, the, the crowd were, were quality. It was such a good day. I mean, one thing I want to say about the events as well is that, um, you know, when you get everyone singing bubbles together at them as yeah. well, doesn't it feel so good? And and it's like, what what's so sad is those people out there that go, yeah, you pay £5 for a bit of news 10 minutes early or whatever, no. you know, the usual fucking digs that people think are so hilarious, even though that joke must have been said, what, 15,000 times or whatever, but, um, mm-hmm. yeah, that you're paying for news that's going to be leaked, you know, even what we were saying is like the patron community and the, and the events. But let's talk about the patron. Yes, you're paying five pounds. I would pay fucking ten times that probably a month for the community that we've created mm-hmm. to, to get away from the as you said, the, like the twats on Twitter. I mean, yes, there's not everyone is, and a majority are top blokes. But there is that stupid core. Like there's a there's two extremes. I think you got your like your fifteen sixteen year old like um like football twitter lads that sort of you know hide behind being called beautiful Ben Rama or Flash Fabianski and all that crap. And then you've got this group of maybe like slightly older than us, so like 50 to 60 year olds that think of themselves as like old school and like don't want to ever sort of get in get involved in this sort of thing. And then like think it think they're funny to slag off the five pound. You know, whatever it's up to you if you subscribe to it. But one thing for certain is that it isn't just about getting a bit of leaked news too it 10 minutes early before it's released mm. that's the frustrating thing I mean the fact we're doing a podcast now we're doing a podcast every night this week aren't we mm. Mm. so <laughs> yeah no it's but, very true mate but it's it great to true. have the community that we have created it and then and see the people stay at the events and it's so really yeah really good atmosphere it's a shame that we obviously didn't win but it's been a good day mm, it has and thanks to everyone that came today. It was really good seeing you all. And the next one will be on the 27th of October before the Tottenham game. And the guest is uh, to be confirmed. We think we know who it's going to be and it's uh, it's a big name, but that is to be confirmed. So there's no event. This is really important. This is no event for the Brentford game due to personal commitments, but we will be back for Tottenham. Um, X, when it comes to the predictions league, you must be grinning like a fucking Cheshire cat. Well, not really, because the thing is, I knew this would happen. When football returned to normality, oh, as I kept I saying, think, yeah. this was going to happen. And and so, therefore, oh, I've kind of just really expected it. You know, like, this is what is meant to happen, and it's happening. So, I don't, you know, it's, it's nice to look at the league and, and see how far ahead I am. But... It, you know, that's the normality's return, so to speak. Well, it's interesting, actually, because um, I'm quite enjoying the chase for once. I mean, obviously, normally, I'm absolutely pissing it week after week after week after week after week. And it does get a little bit boring. No, only when the fans aren't there. <laughs> it does get a little bit boring, I'll be honest. So I'm actually quite enjoying this this chase and I think it's well, even though you got minus forty points. <laughs> yeah, that wasn't great. Although, did West Ham get any bookings today? Uh, no, so it's annoying because I've I've tried to actually vary it a bit just out of interest. So I've stopped doing that tactic. But it is the most it is the most sensible. Yeah, well, thanks thing to, to you. Do. Fucking annoying you. 
you went to the creators of this and got them to reduce it to fucking 20 points, didn't you? No, but it's actually fucking worked. That's so fucking you, that is. No, it's actually worked in your favour, though. Because, yeah, because I've got 20 points now, then, rather than 60. Yeah, but I, because what I would have done if it was 60 points is that I, I would have gone for it as well. So we would have had equal points on that. But because it's 20, I try to be, like, clever and predict, predict a player and stuff. So I've actually cost myself 20. But if it had been 60, I would have gone for no booking and we would have been level. Mm, but well, I, I was fuming, mate. I mean, firstly, I forgot to predict a score for Newcastle and Leeds. Yeah, but that's your Friday. poor organisation. Um, that's no one's fault. Man. Well, yeah, no, okay, I'll take that on the chin. But then I saw that you called the right score in that game, which was yeah. infuriating. Um, then it's all been downhill from me for, for, from there. I mean, it, I've had a nightmare. I mean, my only saving grace was um, one all today, but then fucking Lingard ruined that for me as well. Well, and, I... You know, for the first time, you've actually pulled away somewhat. I mean, just to, I mean, for gritted. And do you know, I had, do you know, I had Spurs nil Chelsea two as well. You know, Chelsea scored the last minute. Uh, did I? What did I have? I think you I had two one. Oh, did I? Did yeah. I have 2-1? And I had 2-0 right. and then fucking Chelsea scored another oh, the third minute. And it was annoying because I was listening to it on the radio. I was on the way back from, from West Ham and they had a chance just before. And it was Kvasevic, whatever his name is, and um, Lukaku. So it had been a goal and an assist in fantasy football for me. But in my head, I was thinking, well, would I rather a goal assist for them or 2-0 in the predictions thing? I was like, 2-0 in the predictions thing. And they missed. <laughs> so I was pleased. And then fucking Rudiger, where Whoever it was scored in the to make it free. I was like, for fuck's sake, I'd much rather it was the other lads, but mm. yeah, that was a bit of annoying, but mm. well, you're on 639 points and I'm on 494. And to be fair to you, you're 73rd now. Yeah, which, I'm actually which, looking you know, to be on the top page soon. Yeah, yeah. Top page is the goal, isn't it? Um yeah. and that's good going, mate, to be fair. And uh I'm two hundred and second. Which yeah, it's tough viewing for me because I'm not used to it. Because I'm always used to really sort of smashing the life out of you week after week in this competition, and you know I'm in unfamiliar territory. But I'm, but- I'm, I'm I hope I hope that this is going to give you a sense false of security, and actually, you know, at some point very soon, I'm going to leapfrog you well, and well you, what, you, what you what you've got to really really hope is that there's another lockdown and they're to- <laughs> and they're talking about it aren't they they're saying maybe in you know, christmas time with all these new variants and stuff they could put us into another lockdown so if that happens you quids in because that's when football gets random again so you might you, that's that's your best bet pray for pray for a lockdown so just to clarify mate the people that worked incredibly hard to achieve a top five finish last season. You're saying that's purely down to lockdown, are you? Yeah, pretty much. Oh, okay. Well, listen, don't shoot the messenger, everyone. You heard it from the horse's mouth. So all that but, graft, lads, all that graft. But, but that's why. It's basically saying you shouldn't fucking, you weren't entitled to win fuck all. No, but, good luck. but that's why those people that were at the top last year aren't at the top this year. I mean, you know, Terry, I'm looking at it now, Terry Lee, got 220 he's a, a good 40 points or so above the next person clearly knows his football um dave bushill you know i know bushy he's done really well ss wizard always could be a wand you know as well as predicting <laughs> gary prince regal you know they're all they're all they're all deserving of their place yeah but then you know where are brighton in the premier league at the moment i don't know i think they're third aren't they are they there or thereabouts do you think they'll finish there at the end of the season uh, possibly not, no. Very early days, isn't it? it Very is. early days. I don't, I don't think you can take the league seriously at all at this stage, in all honesty. No. Um, but listen, moving on, do you fancy fingering some patrons? 
I do. Uh, I'm not as up for it as I would have been if nobody had scored that penalty. I think mm. I'd have been more up for like some mass finger blasting. But yeah, um, wow. but um, at the moment, because of the penalty, I might give it a little dabble, I guess. As I say, it weren't really as the script was uh, intending it to be, actually, to be honest. Um, you were just supposed to say yes at that point, and then we carry on with the prizes. But, uh, but you know, like everything, I like to answer, honestly. So, mm, yeah. um, okay, no, I respect yeah. that. I respect yeah. that. Um, well, it is that time again where we select three patrons at random to win prizes for no reason other than the fact that you're good enough to be patrons. So the prizes are first place is a 1980 shirt signed by Sir Trevor Brookin. Second prize is a £50 club voucher. And a third prize is a copy of the Goodbye Ginger event, exclusive to Patreon competition winners. So you can't see that anywhere else. Um, X, everyone knows how this works now. So are you ready? Yes, sorry, I am. <laughs> my, uh, my headphones are currently falling off my head because uh, my two-year-old has uh, got hold of them and they are uh, absolutely <laughs> smashed to smithereens. So, uh, yeah, bear, bear with me as I'm like kind of hanging hanging around here. Yeah, but, yeah no, okay, I, am, I am ready. So am I going to go for third place? Yeah, let's, let's go third to first. Okay. Okay, so when I say stop, then tell me who you've landed on, yeah? Oh, uh, yeah. Brilliant, okay. Stop. And this is David White. David White. One Did he used to play for Man City and Leeds in the 90s? Uh, yeah, yeah, it was David White, wasn't it? I think was so. it David White? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was a David White. It was like a winger or something. I'm pretty sure it's not the same David White, but uh, well, yeah. It would be a bit random, wouldn't it? It would, yeah, it would. But well done, Dave. So we'll be in touch with you for your email address to receive that event. You'll enjoy that, mate. Good stuff. Okay, so second prize, £50 club voucher. You ready, X? Uh, uh, yeah, just give me a second, because um, okay. I accidentally clicked off the names, so I'm now having to uh, get back on the names. Right, yeah, there we go, I'm on it now. Okay. Stop. Okay, this is Brendan Murphy. Brendan Murphy. Is a Brendan Murphy famous as well? <laughs> <laughs> is he like... Mm, I want to say like a celebrity or something to do like yeah, politics, maybe. It doesn't ring a bell for me, Brendan Murphy. David White does, but Brendan Murphy, I'm not so sure about. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I'm pretty sure there's a famous Brendan Murphy as well. Don't know yeah. what he's famous for, but it seems like um, this is, you know, for five pounds, you're, you're socialising with like celebs here. Yeah. Fucking hell, yeah, I know. It's amazing, isn't it? Although yeah. I'm not too sure Brendan Murphy is actually a celebrity, so you'd have to... I mean, I'm sure knowing you, you'll Google it and prove me wrong, but it doesn't, doesn't ring a bell to me, Brendan. Well, we'll have a check afterwards when we stop doing this. Yeah, okay. Right, Brendan, well done, mate. £50 club voucher. We'll be in touch for your address to get that out to you. And now let's do the first prize, which is a 1980 signed shirt by Sir Trevor Brookin. Hello. <laughs> I still have a good shy. <laughs> do you do do as many impressions as you can? I'm so fucking tired today. I've had Medley. the fucking event. I've had the fucking game. We've got this podcast. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not doing Rory Bremner's half hour now for fuck's sake. <laughs> <laughs> but I will continue the rest of this segment in uh, Trevor Brooking, if that's any kind of consolation to you. <laughs> Okay, are you ready? <laughs> I've never ever wanted to figure anyone in front of Trevor Brookin. This is this is a, this is a very surreal scenario I find myself in. 
Come on, we're all grown ups here, aren't we? <laughs> it's just so disturbing. Yeah, there. Yeah, there. <laughs> Such a stopping. <laughs> Finding this quite creepy. <laughs> Come on, she went to private school. I'm sure you've seen it all before. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so first prize is a 1980 shirt signed by myself, Sir Trevor Brooking. Uh, when I say stop X, you will stop and you will tell me who you've just fingered. Okay. Stop. <laughs> right, this is a sentence I never thought I'd say. Well, Sir Trevor, I have just fingered a Paul, Paul, Paul Sheffers. Paul Jeffers, well done, <laughs> Paul. That's, that's really good. I think you'll enjoy that shirt. It's obviously from a quite an iconic year. Uh, and it's uh, signed by myself as well. So well done, Paul. Um, well done, Paul. As always, we'll be in touch with you for your address to get that out to you, mate. Well done. Okay, brilliant. Um, well done, everyone. Fucking hell, I'm so tired. <laughs> I'm with this I was trying to think of Paul Jeffers. Is a celeb, but <laughs> well, 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 the only thing I can think of is um, uh, Keith Chegwin. That's yeah, do, do you want to know an, uh, an interesting fun fact about Keith Chegwin? I do, I'd love to. He was addicted to cowpole. Really? Yeah, he had an addiction uh, to cowpole. I must admit, right, cowpole's quite nice, isn't it? Yeah, it's quite nice. Yeah, like, as medicines go. Especially like you know, you can get black currant, orange, strawberry. I think, yeah, from is memory, it, yeah, it is. It's yeah, the strawberry one is the governor, really, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, although no, the pur- what's the purple one? That must be black currant. I think that's the best one from memory. I mean, it's been a long time since I had cowpole, but I don't. I remember as a kid, I wasn't that that against having cowpole. No, I think I was a bit of a Tixilix fan when I was a kid as well. From memory, a what Tixilix? You must. What the hell is that? No. You've never heard of Tixie Licks? I've never heard of that. Maybe it was your poor man's cowpole. I don't know, but I remember Quite that possibly. was... Um, I'm pretty sure that was a rival. Really? Um, back in the day for uh, cowpole. Yeah, Tixie Licks. Tixie Licks sounds like something you do whilst fingering. <laughs> 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 I still got that on the brain. <laughs> man of many talents. Fucking <laughs> yeah. hell, multitasking. <laughs> so, um, yeah, no, I, I, I didn't know that. He was Tixie's cowpole. What, as an adult, you mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so that, that can be quite dangerous. I guess it's paracetamol, basically, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, it's not very rock and roll, though, is it? Let's be honest. No, did he do? No, he didn't. Did he? Who was? Who was? No, of course he didn't. Mallet's mallet. What was that guy's name? Oh, Timmy Mallet. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah obviously. <laughs> <laughs> I get those. I get those two. What's very where, where just fucking who'd you plug in from? Him? What's he got to do with Keith Chegwin? No, I get those. I get Keith Chegwin and him very confused. How? Like in my in my head, like I can see them, but they almost like seem to in my head to present the same thing. Like I think maybe because it was like the eighties and nineties, they're always like knocking around at the same time and stuff. I can't really remember who did what. If that makes sense. Right. Okay. Oh, okay. did, you, did you ever play Mallets? Mallet with your mates and stuff? No, I used to watch it. And I had a friend that went on the show at school. Really? Yeah, he went on the show. He got um he, he used to uh, eat you over the head with a sponge yeah. mallet, didn't he? If you got it wrong. Yeah, and, he, and put a plaster on you. Yeah, yeah. Monty looking really? bloke, really. Yeah. I was was. Gonna say, it's a bit weird, really. Yeah, he was. I'm surprised about... that his name ain't been dug up as a bit of a pedo, to be honest. But... <laughs> Jesus, mate. I don't want to be gonna, slanderous because I'm assuming he isn't. And for the yeah. record, it's never been proven that he is. But when you look at all the ones from back those days, back in those days that have emerged as mass pedos, you would have thought, as a betting man, Timmy Mallet 
would have been someone that you'd put a bit of money on, I think. That's listen, just my own personal opinion. Well, listen, I, we, we've already had lawsuits from the Beatles. Um, <laughs> what, what, what's his face? Uh, ex Gimitri guy. What was the DMX. DMX, that's it. Um, and Timmy Mallet. Yeah. <laughs> like and, what a random <laughs> selection of people that is. Exactly. Those are enemies uh, you wouldn't have uh, foreseen <laughs> having 10 years ago. No, exactly. So I, I think I'm just going to stay commentless on that, whether Mallet is a pedo. Okay. <laughs> on that note, uh, it's their time again. <laughs> To listen to the rest of this podcast, you need to be a patron of the West Ham Way. Becoming a patron couldn't be easier. Just visit www.patreon, that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash the West Ham Way and confirm your subscription to get full access to the West Ham Way podcast, our second weekly show called the West Ham Way podcast, Extra Time, classic clips of audio and video interviews, exclusive news from X, match day team news before anyone else, an exclusive forum, live Q&As with myself and X, monthly prize draws, discounts on events and merchandise and behind the scenes content, all of which for just £5 a month. It's Macy's Labor Day sale, so gear up as summer cools down with 30% off timeless looks from Levi's and specials like 30 to 50% off statement making shoes for her and 60% off luggage from Samsonite and more. Or use your coupon or Macy's card and get an extra 20% off more great deals. Plus, Star Rewards members can earn rewards even faster during Macy's Star Money bonus days. Going on now. Savings off regular sale and clearance prices. Exclusions apply. It's easy to save every day at Whole Foods Market. Shop their 365 by Whole Foods Market line. From juice boxes to jerky, it's the flavors that pop, not the price tags. With thousands of items store-wide, you'll find awesomeness on every aisle. Bring it home without compromising your standards, because it's all made without the 230-plus ingredients Whole Foods Market bans from all food. Feel good about what you put on the table and what you keep in your wallet. At Whole Foods Market. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.